All right, everybody, thank you for jumping on with us for our Jumpstart podcast. I got my man, Tom Mello, probably one of the coolest names I've heard in a long time. Um, <laughs> and he is with FFL Overcome, Travis Vincent and the boys, and they're out there in New England, the tip of the Northeast, crushing it, doing great things. Tom, how you doing, my man? It's good to have you on the podcast. I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys thinking of me. Well, we we thought of you because your numbers have spoken to us. And um, that means you're out there helping families and doing what we do, which is amazing. So thank you for doing what you do. Um, as we kind of unveil the Jumpstart podcast, which basically is, you know, our, our idea of helping agents get out of the blocks fast and help as many families as possible um, per month and, and, and put their families in a position to be very consistent in our business you know, and teaching people how to help 10 families a week. So when, you know, when we have guests on who are doing that, we appreciate it. So, um, but before we get started, can you give everyone a backdrop of kind of where you're coming from um, and how you found Family First Life? Yeah, definitely. And so um, so I, I started with Family First Life uh, just about a year ago um, in September, and it was actually my uh, my best friend, Travis Vincent, um, who's the uh, the owner of FFL Overcome, who gave me a call one day out of the blue asking me what I was doing and um, and a chance to work with my best friend. It was, you know, hands down the easiest decision that I've had to make in a long, long time. And, wow, um, nice. But I, I yeah, um, and I was working with another IMO previously. Um, it had been about nine or ten months where I hadn't been working with them when Travis called, um, which was actually perfect timing. Um, because it made it a lot easier to get all my, my contracts transferred over. Um, nice. But I have a sales background. Um, you know, I, I worked for a staffing agency doing sales. I ran two gyms up here in New England, um, you know, door-to-door, business-to-business, all different types of sales. Got it. But, um, but yeah, so that's, yeah, that's kind of my background there. And then um, coming to Family First Life um, just a year ago, yeah, it's been, it has been life-changing. Makes sense, man. You know, um, Family for Life has the, has a way to assist and help a lot of people change their lives. Um, you know, when you think about our sales system, Tom, when you think about places you've been in the past sales-wise, I didn't know you had that sales background, but I'm going to pull on that right now. And even mm-hmm. another IMO that you worked at previously, why do you think Family First Life um, – has the success stories of people that actually get to truly change their life? Uh, you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of reasons. Um, a, a big one, I've worked for some pretty big corporate companies as well doing sales, and I've, I've been that guy that you're just a number, in, you know, you're just a cog in the wheel, just a number. They don't really look at you as a person. Um, and I've been in companies where they you, you start and it's like, all right, guys, you got to go sell this. It's like, how do we sell it? Just figure it out, just go do it, you know? Um, and then coming to family first life, you know, like fam- family first, like that's, that's real, you know, whether it's on the, the helping families get protection or helping families make an income, you know, it's truly about families first. And that's the first thing that I really noticed coming over here was I, I had uh, my first dial day. Um, you know, I was here with Travis and I was having a rough time on the phone. So he's like, Hey dude, give me some of your leads. Let me make some dials for you. I'm like, you're going to dial for me with me for like an hour. Why? Like, you're not sending appointments to yourself. You're you're crazy. (laughs) Like, I'd never been somewhere where somebody was 
where other people, and not just Travis, I know I've known him my whole life. He's like my brother. Um, but, you know, there's just everyone in FFL is so willing to help other people, even if there's really no financial gain. Um, you know, so that really that, that putting people first aspect just, I mean, just showed through in, in you know, in like in, in bright colors. Um, and then the, the training. Um, you know, if, if you want training, you can have training. If you want to watch training 24 hours a day for the rest of your life, you can have that. Um, <laughs> you know, FFL has really the good. ultimate training. I love the way you describe that. <laughs> yeah, so if, it, if it's there, I mean, if, if you want it, it's there. If you don't want to look for it, I mean, you know, you're probably not going to do too well. But, um, but yeah, the training is, is, you know, second to none. No doubt. And it's helped you, you know, kind of do the things that you're doing, uh, going out there helping multiple families a week. But can you kind of break down for us, you know, your lead strategy? You know, how do you how do you approach leads um, for the person on here that may be struggling with consistency going with money going out or maybe the thought of, you know, holding the money as tight as they can? How do you approach investing in leads? Yeah, that's um that was actually it was it was a little bit of a struggle for me at the beginning. Um obviously coming from the other IMO I, I was kinda used to purchasing leads, but there was something that Matthew Borsch um that he uh that he told me to do that was really uh kind of really changed and he said as soon as possible, get your lead flow automated. You know, find a vendor where you have a weekly expense, you set that number to, you know, the max or minimum, whatever you want to do, but just have it automated so you don't have to think about it. So you don't have that anxiety that, oh, I gotta spend this much each week. It's just it just goes automatically. You get your leads automatically. It's just one less thing you have to worry about week in and week out. Um, and that that would be really my biggest recommendation. You know, don't even make it a decision. You know, don't think about it. <laughs> right, that's good, man. When I started doing so, when we started the company, we we didn't even have vendors to automate with. Um, mm. But once we started vetting some vendors, I learned how to vet vendors really quickly. You know, and who who would uh, who would be good to work with, who wouldn't be. Um, but once we started vetting vendors, it was I realized it was the best thing to do was have their, my credit card in their coffers, right? Mm-hmm. Because it just means they're going to pull the trigger every time that their account runs low, which means that more leads are on the way. You know, I remember mm-hmm. sitting on a bus. I was in Florida at this foreclosure seminar. I was sitting next to this guy um, who was actually investing in real estate. I was prospecting to invest in real estate at this time. And uh, he gets an email, and he he looks at his email, and he goes, huh, looks like I just bought another piece of property. Meaning, like, someone had just (laughs) accepted his offer. And that that scared me to death at the time. Like, what do you mean, dude? Like, where's the money, and how are you? What are you talking? Do you even know what the – of course he knew. But when he buys a piece of property at the numbers that he likes, he's excited, right? Mm-hmm. No different than us. If we buy leads, we should be excited because it means we're going to go out there and protect families and make money. Yes? Is that like your philosophy here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so I've, and I've uh, in some of the different sales things, so I, <laughs> at one point, Mark, I was selling speakers and home theater systems out of the back of a van in Florida. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have, I have sold everything, my friend. Um, but even like, even with that, 
I had to find some, some, I won't say who they are or if they're reputable or not, but I found some people to get some speaker systems off of and then I have to go out and sell them. But I had to buy all that equipment first before I could sell it. You know what I mean? Um, and then there was, you know, renting a van, doing all this stuff to try to sell it all. Um, where with this, you know, it's, this is this, this the lowest overhead and the, the highest return on your investment, you know, that's out there. Um, you know, so if you aren't willing to spend money on leads, then, I mean, unfortunately, this may not be the best gig for you. Yeah, no doubt. So you, you have that mindset. And then now are you doing um, telesales, in-home? What's your approach right now? So I'm doing a hybrid. Um, I do uh, a little bit of in-home, and then I do um, a couple days of either on phone or over Zoom. Um, but I am trying to transition a little bit more to the uh, the virtual world. Got it. And what is your mindset behind that 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 transfer? Yeah. So um, so obviously I I prefer being face to face with somebody. Um, I love that in person contact. Um, but for me, so I, I live in New Hampshire, um, but the areas that I run appointments are either in Massachusetts or Connecticut. And so my run days when I'm going down to Connecticut, you know, it's three hours one way. So, you know, round trip six hours a day, um, which, you know, those, those miles add up. Um, and, uh, and so now that I feel I, I'm a lot more proficient in my presentation, my in-home, I've trimmed off a lot of the fat. Um, so when I get on a phone call or a Zoom, there's there's a lot less fluff in my presentation, so I can cut right to the chase, mm. be a business professional, and really be be more efficient um, with my time when I'm doing telesales. So those those six hours round trip that I was driving back and forth to Connecticut every Friday and Saturday, I can spend that time on the phone now, you know, and talk to X number of people, set more appointments, help more families. Um, so for me, it's just giving me more control of my schedule and helping me be more efficient in helping families. God, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, you know, it's funny as the go as the time goes by and you're working, you're out there, you're doing the deal, you're talking to people, you're helping families. It's funny how your your um your learning curve or your as you call it fluff seems to get shorter and shorter, and you become more of the person who's in control and you know the fastest route to helping the family. Mm-hmm. Have 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 you what when you experienced that? How did that feel as far as your ability to empower yourself to be to be the leader of your business, being in control? Yeah, it was um, it was huge to be honest. Um, because be, before you know, if you if you have a lot of that you know the the extra stuff in your presentation, you're you're you know going about you know trying to help families. And they see you as trying to be buddy buddy, you know, a friend. And it's it's very easy for people to say no to a friend. You know, if you're sitting there laughing, cutting it up for the entire time. Mm-hmm. But but if you can <laughs> trim a lot of that stuff out and be a professional, <laughs> they'll take you a lot more seriously, right? And it's a lot it's a lot easier when you get down to the end. Like, hey, would you rather request A or B for protection? Like, oh, I'll go with A or I'll go with B instead of oh, you know what, Tom? Uh, let me give you a call. You know, we'll joke around, talk about the weather, and we'll see what we want to do. You know what I mean? Um, and so being able to cut out a lot of that stuff, it really, and it, it gave me really just walking in the home before starting the conversations, I already felt like I had power. Um, and there was something that someone told me a long time ago that I still kind of keep with me. Um, but it was like stand tall, walk tall, be tall. Right. And so you have wow. to have that posture, not physically, but your, your mentality. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so when I'm going in that home, like I, I still say that to myself before I walk in the home, you know, stand tall, walk tall, be tall, you know, have that power, that. control the conversation. Um, you know, and so that's, that's kind of what I take with me. 
That's real strong, man. Um, I never heard that, but I can imagine. I'm, I'm plan- I just said it to myself at least five times in a row, and it does give you. It does empower you, right? Mm-hmm. Stand tall, walk tall, be tall. That's good, dude. That's empowering. <laughs> I just said that again. And it's yeah. like, you know, you want to be big, you want to be bigger and better and better, bro. Uh, right. And you even just sit up in your chair a little bit straighter. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so true. Um, so talk to us a little bit about your approach to, you know, the phones, your mindset. Was it was it simple? For, like, even if you're coming from a different sales position at times, understanding the psychology and the way we do it. It's still different, but, you know, some people pick it up faster than others. What was the learning curve like for you? So for me, to just to be completely transparent, rejection was hard. So when people were telling me no on the phone, I took it real personally, which is not what you want to do because you get told no quite right. a bit. Right. Um, right. right. And so, so for me, it was really learning, like, and I would get, and again, this was not the right attitude to have, but I would get upset with these people. Like, I'm just trying to help you. Why don't you want my help? What's wrong with you? Right. And like kind of getting, getting upset, whether it was on the phone or in the home. But then I came to the realization, like, if I'm truly just here to help these people and they don't want my help, why am I mad at them? Let me just go out and find the people who are actually interested, right? Like, there's no reason I should be mad at them if they don't want my help. Like, if I pull over to the side of the road to help someone change their tire and like, oh, no, I'm good, dude, just keep driving. Am I mad at that guy? No. <laughs> that's right. a great so, that's a really good perspective and so for for me i'm really just looking for the interested people and if someone's giving me some and like i'll, I'll throw my object my rebuttals out there to the objections but i'm not going to argue with people because if i'm having a tough time with them on the phone how much harder is it going to be once i'm in their home or on zoom if they're not willing to play ball with me and so i am maybe too quick at sometimes to uh to hang up and the guys have a good day like i don't want to talk to you i want to find someone who wants to talk to me got it so let me ask you a question because it sounds like when when people get emotional it's because of the investment right like it's not because mm-hmm. like you're not going to get it you wouldn't get emotional over a guy that you pulled over the road and he other not you 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 didn't spend any money you might have got out of the mm-hmm. car and, and and all of that but but what's great here is that you, you know, you still found a way to make the analogy to a guy that you pull on the side of the road. And I think the key here is when you realize that what you invest in leads is a mere fraction of what your return should be, then the lead becomes the guy on the side of the road. Can you break mm-hmm. down that, you know, that transition for our audience that's listening? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so and so the first thing is you have to make sure that you have plenty of leads, right? Because if you only have 10 leads and someone tells you to go pound sand and then you look at the stack of nine left, uh, you know what I mean? You're 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 a lot more likely to think about that those dollars you spent on that lead, you know, but if, mm-hmm. if you find, uh, you know, wh- whatever your budget is, whatever, you know, lead quality you can get, you know, get get a bunch of them, you know, so if you have a, a stack of 100 leads, and even 30 of them, you know, tell you to get lost, lose my number, whatever they decide to say, you know, you still got 70 more shots at, you know, at, at you know, helping a family. Um, and so right. really it's, it's a volume play because we play by the, the law of numbers. And it's not the law of small numbers. Right. It's the law of large numbers, right? right. And so when people come in and, and they try to have that, um, you know, they, they look at the numbers and go, well, if I sit with, you know, I set 10 appointments, sit with five, I'll close two, blah, blah. But like some weeks that may not work out, some weeks it may. 
you know, but if you're running 30, 40 appointments and you break those numbers backwards, you're going to have a lot higher percent chance of, of getting to where you need to be, if that makes sense. 100 percent sense. Um, I love it. I love it. I love the mindset, the approach. Um, when you think about your in-home and you're, you know, you get in there, whether, you know, again, if it be via phone, Zoom or, or uh, in the house, you know, what are some things you're doing to help the families, like, start to finish? What are some things you're doing to help people understand the value of life insurance and that they need to protect their families? Yeah, so I um I ask a ton of questions. Um, I will I will ask <clears throat> sometimes more questions than I need to, just because I I want to make sure I cover every basis to see where the needs really are, because I don't want to show somebody a product that's not really going to help them, because then I'm trying to sell them something, right? I'm not solving a problem. I'm just trying to push something on them. Um, but the more questions I can ask, the more places I can see some vulnerability vulnerability in their financial situation. Um, the better I'm able to really help them. And also finding, like, through those questions, not just lifestyle or, like, you know, what happens at this or that, but, you know, what do they do for work? You know, where, what have you know, the family history. That way, as I'm kind of going through and whatever I'm showing them, I can build it out to what they need. Like, oh, you're an electrician, you know, living benefits, these are going to help you. You have a dangerous job. I'm sure you've seen people get electrocuted, you know, hit on the head with, you know, with a, a two-by-four, whatever happens while you're at work. And so whatever their, their occupation, their lifestyle, um, you know, their, their pets, kids, you know, extracurricular activities, I try to bring all of that into the presentation to show them, you know, this is how this specific product can help you in all these different areas of life, not just if you die, you can pay off the home. You know, why do we need to pay off the home? Do we even need to pay off the entire home? You know, and so I, I see, I have to see what the need is or if, if there even is a need, because sometimes, you know, to be real, there isn't. Um, you know, and, and we have to be prepared to be honest with the people if that's the case as well. No doubt. And, you know, are you, do you have a tip? Uh, uh, are you running a multiplicity of leads? Or are you running a specific kind of lead? So I, I mostly run mortgage protection leads, um, but I, I do have, uh, I call a few final expense as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and do you you prefer one of the other for any particular reason or you just you know you're just trying to be more diversified yeah I, I like the diversity I like the um the the final expense because if I am out in the field and I have a couple of no-shows those final expense leads is a good chance they'll be home if I door knock them you know because they're usually a little bit older mm -hmm. retired not working um so I, I like to supplement with those um, the mortgage protection, I, I really enjoy talking to a wide range of people. Like, I get bored pretty easily. So if all I was talk doing was talking to people between, like, 65 and 85, for me, that would get old pretty quick. Um, so I like to talk uh -huh. to young families, old families, people with kids, people, you know, all different walks of life. Just for me, I have to keep it, I guess, more or less, not entertaining, but I have to mix it up. You know, so I, I, stay, um, so I stay really motivated. Makes sense. Makes sense. What is when you think about now? You've been with us a year. Um, mm -hmm. Have you ever have you had to deliver a a death claim by any stretch in your career yet? I have not. Um, no, thank God. Um, all of the families I've helped are still alive and kicking. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, when you when you're going towards your close, 
when you're in the home protecting families, what is one of the most common objections that you get that you get that you have to overcome? Um, it's usually the um, I, I want to think about it is usually the okay. most common objection. Makes sense. What are you typically doing to overcome that? So when when I do get that, it really starts back towards the beginning of the presentation, um, and so. I don't get it as much anymore because I've talked to people like um, Antonio Valencia, you know, Matt Borish, Mike Irving, Travis, you know, all these guys have kind of helped me, but um, you really have to set it up from the beginning, right? And first off, there's a few, a few different ways I set it up. Number one, um, I tell people, you know, kind of what my role and purpose is, what to expect throughout this short, you know, presentation that we're going to be doing. Um, you know, I'm going to have a few health questions, a few general questions, you know, to see what we can qualify for and to, you know, find what best suits your needs. And I'm like, after we get through that, I'll be able to pull up on my computer, you know, find these best options for you. If you like the idea of the protection and you want to see if they'll approve you, we're going to go ahead and put in a request today. And if you decide you don't want the protection, that's fine as well. We can decline the protection, close out the file. That way you suck in the letters, phone calls, all that mess in the mail, right? I'm like, but either way, we're going to get this taken care of today, right? Does that sound reasonable? And, um, and I've learned that when you ask someone if something sounds reasonable, it's very hard for them to say no. <laughs> That's actually a great point. <laughs> Does that sound reasonable? I like that. <laughs> you know, because it's very hard yeah. for someone to be like, no, that does not sound reasonable. I, you know what I mean? And they, they come <laughs> sound dumb if they say it. Does <laughs> that sound reasonable? Yeah. Uh, exactly, right. And then once we kind of go through to the end, um, you know, it's the same thing. Um, I'll, I'll kind of get you get those kind of micro commitments going through the presentation and after I show them the specific product that I think will, will suit their needs best, I'm like, okay, so now that we understand a little bit more about this type of protection and how it can help us, do you think this, this, do you think this mortgage protection or do you think this final sense, whatever it is, do you think this type of protection will benefit you and the family with what you have going on? And if they tell me no, well, then I didn't do my job. There's not enough value. If they say yes, then I can proceed to go and show them the quotes. But I'm not going to show them the quotes unless they tell me that they think it's going to help their family. Got it. I love that. Hi, I love that. Wait a minute. Do that again? Because basically most <laughs> people want you to come out. Most people are looking for the quote, right? Like mm -hmm. if you gave them the quote in the first three minutes, you'd never sell any life insurance. We all know no. that because it would be like, I mean, the reason that people are hanging on <laughs> is so they can get an idea. Yes of what this can so i want i need that site so so could you do that again um just so we could get the true psychology of that cliffhanger of you know what what you will and won't show them mm -hmm. yeah and so um so if i was showing somebody you know like the um you know with america the cbo 100 and i get through all the, the death benefits the living benefits the cash back and we kind of go soup to nuts all the way through what they what they could potentially qualify for I'll just, you know, look them straight in the face and I'll ask them, like, you know, hey, Mark, now that we know a little bit more about mortgage protection, do you think this type of protection could benefit you and your wife with what you guys have going on? And then I'll just shut up and I'll just be quiet until they answer. And that's my first close, before the real close. I love that. That's very, very, very strong. Um, now, what do you typically get there? Now, you have done a good job explaining what it, what it does, I'm assuming at that point, yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And, and what do you, do you typically get people saying yes, or do you get some people that pull back? 
Uh, no, honestly. So one of one of the things that I feel that I, I one of the the things I feel I excel a little bit more at is um, explaining the products and how it relates to their life. So when I ask that question, do you think this type of protection will benefit you and your family? Um, Ninety percent of the time, like yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if, if I'm going down that road to ask the question, it's kind of like if you go to ask your wife if she's going to marry you, you're pretty sure she's going to say yes, but you're still kind of nervous about <laughs> the question, right? Like, but you're, you're not going to ask if you're not sure she's going to say yes, right? And so I, I really only get to that point if I know I've built up enough value with what we've been saying. So I really don't get no's there. It's usually a yeah, pretty sure it, it should, yeah, but it's usually a, an affirmative answer. But it's still a strategic question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I want them in the habit of saying yes and, and being on my side and knowing that I, you know, I'm doing whatever I can to find something that works for them. Got it. Okay. I love it, man. That's really sound. Um, that's great, man. It, it's no wonder you're doing what you're doing out there, helping the families you're helping. Um, you certainly have a process and a way about you that, you know, connects very well with people. And it's it feels like you're you're walking alongside them on the purchase, not it's not you versus the client, it's you and the client. So mm -hmm. you know, I I I feel I'd feel great about buying a policy from Utah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. No, that about I, um, that's awesome. Yeah, if, if, if I could um if I could just mention one uh one other thing here about that kind of that, that end of the close. Um I, I feel like a lot of new agents, um, if you just ask for the business, um, a lot of people will give it to you. Um, you know what I mean? And so w what I mean by that is at the very end, I'll show them two or three options depending on, on what we've been talking about. But I ask every single time, even if I feel like the appointment really wasn't going great, I'll ask them, be like, all right, Mark, so, you know, we've got, you know, option A, B, C, whatever. You know, which one of these do you feel more comfortable requesting for protection? And then I'll just be quiet again. And I always say, which do you feel, not what do you think? Because I don't want them thinking about this. I want this to be an emotion. So which one of these do you feel Whoa. most comfortable requesting for protection? And just ask them and let them pick. Love. Absolutely love. Dude, that's great, man. If you could give any parting shots to a new agent listening, you know, um, what would you tell them? What's some good advice? Uh, parting advice would be just... Uh, just get in there, make a mess, and get on the phone and dial. Uh, reach out to your upline. Um, I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day. There's going to be a learning curve, but we can only learn as fast as our activities take us. And um, so don't do what I did and kind of slow roll it at the beginning. Um, you just got to buy leads, dig in, and then, you know, reach out to your upline all the time so that we don't have to kind of get way off track and then come back. We can take a step off track and then get knocked back on course instead of taking, you know, two yards off track, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, just reach out constantly and, and just massive, massive, massive activity. Well, I like you, bro. You're gonna be doing some training for us. So I appreciate that. Um, thank you for sharing with us, Tom. A lot of wisdom up there. You're helping a lot of people, man. We appreciate you, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on the call. I appreciate the time, Mark. Absolutely. Everybody keep listening. Jumpstart podcast, my man, Tom Mello. Thank you for listening. God bless. Take care.